0: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Time now for The Danny Mac Show with BK. Getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Drive left center, clears the wall and into the bullpen of the Brewers, and that is number 34 for Nolan Orinato. Lined into center, there's
1: To the playoffs is what it's all about and uh, i'm just thankful to be a part of this team i mean this team is unbelievable uh they we carry each other you know i'm just happy to be a part of it i mean this is why i'm here is just having a chance to get to the playoffs and be able to do it the first year is a great
2: feeling pretty amazing to see what the cardinals have done here welcome in it's the danny max show i'm dan mclaughlin that's brandon Kylie bk last night the cardinals clinched the second wild card spot 17th straight win the cardinals Uh, did it in a way that maybe you expect them to do it in this run. They fall behind two to nothing, and I don't know about anybody listening or UBK at that point, I thought, no big deal. I don't care who's on the mound. I don't care what's going on. This team's going to find a way, and they did again last night. Boy, that was fun last night at the ballpark.
1: It was an incredible game to watch, Dan. I will be totally honest and disclose something about myself that might be unfair. Um, I was a little worried about Wayno early in the game. He did not look like his typical crisp self. And there were a couple of moments early on where I was like, man, I, I don't know if Wayno's going to be able to get deep in this one. And I wonder what that means for him going into the postseason. I was leaking confidence there for a minute. I saw your tweet. And then Wayno did what Waino does. He shoved it right down my throat. and He looked great. And he ended up getting the quality start in that one. He was outstanding. Once again, he's over 200 innings on the season. The Cardinals clinch it. Dan, what a run. What, what, what a run. I know you said it during the, the crossover and it's true. It's one of the most miraculous stretches of baseball that anybody will ever see. Cardinals or otherwise, That's this right. is, this is borderline unprecedented, at least in the modern era of, of national league baseball.
2: So the, uh, the Cardinals now, uh, when you look at this since the DeWitts purchased the Cardinals St. Louis now, and that was back in 1996 They have made the postseason 16 times, 16 times postseason wins, 75 World Series appearances four. and remember back on September 7th, this is why I don't really pay attention to this. I think it's fun, though, to look at these things. September 7th, Fangraph said the Cardinals had a 2.8% chance to make it to the postseason 2.8% and the Cardinals have made it to the postseason. And I think what makes this remarkable is is, well, there's a lot of things. Um, the great moments that you've had, the crazy plays, Bader tagging up from second scoring, uh, the late inning heroics of Tyler O'Neill, the, the series at Wrigley, the wild double play on Saturday. Um, but the the big picture is you essentially, and this is an obvious statement, I'm, I said this in the crossover, you've eliminated the teams that were in competition with you. either you were chasing them or vice versa the mets san diego cincinnati head to head you took them on and you broke them and they're done and so now they're officially done but you did it head to head so the majority of these games in this streak have been on the road it's always tough to win on the road it's tough to sweep it's tough to sweep double headers which they did um and it's tough to win late in a season especially with meaningful baseball so That's, uh, to me, what makes this an incredible run of the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: It's unbelievable. It really is. And I know we use that word a lot in this stretch, but it's because it's true. Like, I can't even believe sometimes what I'm watching. Like, there were times last night, Dan, where I just had to laugh like, of course, of course, this is the way that it goes because the Cardinals right now are almost incapable of losing. It feels like when you're watching them, you're just waiting for, okay, how are they going to do it tonight? Because it's going to be different than anything else we've seen in this stretch because it feels like all 17 games are unique in the way that they've found ways to win. But you always know it's going to happen. And it's a matter of when, not if right now with this team. Well, Adam Wainwright uh, picks up win
2: number 17. He does that at the age of 40. He, by the way, has since 2008 absolutely pitched just exceptional baseball again against milwaukee going all the way back to 2008 he'll give you you just chalk it up at home he's going to give you five to six innings against the brewers it's a remarkable run that he's had against milwaukee he now is a 17 game winner and uh, did he know that this could possibly happen
0: nobody in that in that clubhouse was playing to their capabilities the first half of the season and you know the last Last month we've been we've been clicking pretty good. Um, we closed on some really good teams. We had some very tough series that, you know, Fangraphs had us at like a negative 400 percent chance to make the playoffs, and you know, we just proved everyone wrong. And so we're going to try to keep doing that.
2: Absolutely, and uh, also John Mosellock give him a lot of credit in this front office. They were taking a ton of heat. Now they made the addition of nolan Arenado, but this time last year was when Randy Arozarena started to emerge for tampa bay and then turned into babe ruth and you're thinking oh man what's going on here and luke voigt leads the league in home runs now you got giovanni gallegos that's no one wants to talk about that you got giovanni gallegos in that deal pretty good deal for both teams it worked out well but there was a lot of heat clearly that the front office was taken and all of a sudden, you added Wade LeBlanc, and you go, oh, my, this is what they're doing. And then it's Jay Happ, and then it's John Lester, and then it's, you know, Garcia and McFarland. All of had a major role in getting to this point.
0: I think this one is going to be one we never forget just because of this run. And when you, like as I was saying earlier to some people, like, like here we are, we need to win one game.
3: And when you take a step back and realize we we just won 16 in a row, now 17, and, and how special that is. So it's unique, it's been historic, and you ask what it means, it's it's gratifying to this group, because every group, it always changes. Rosters of all people staff changes but this this will be something that you know we'll always remember
2: absolutely and uh, all this audio courtesy of valley sports midwest and tyler o'neill has been a massive factor down the stretch for the cardinals
1: definitely should um you know, 17 in a row now. So, um, you know, baseball's a funny sport, though. Anything can go your way at any time or the other way at any time. So, uh, you know, we played a lot of good, consistent ball, throwing strikes, hitting strikes, um, you know, doing the little things, moving guys over, hitting low liners and stuff. So that's how we're cruising. <laughs> I love this guy so much. He's great. Every time he talks, hilarious. I'm, I'm just captivated by what's going to come out of his mouth next. He's so serious and so intense at all times like you you could just tell he is he wants to go out there and play another game right after he had just finished that one
2: I think my favorite uh, Tyler O'Neill moment there's been a bunch here in September he's got 11 home runs but when he skipped out of the box When he skipped out of the box at Wrigley with that home run, I think it was a two- or three-run homer, and he kind of knew it. And you see them, he runs real fast around the bases, and then when he gets to home plate, he kind of walks, and he's barrel-chested, and I just think it's hilarious. Anyway, Adam Wainwright, the feeling for him, boy, it just never gets old. Never, ever gets old.
0: You know, I'm still wearing my champagne shirt, and I love having it. I'm freezing, and I love every part of it. But we we got some games to win, you know. We we uh, we we're playing on four more of these. We got to go one at a time. But playing on four more of these, our guys are our guys just got a taste of it, you know. There there's a couple guys in there that never popped before, so they're pretty excited right now. We're very excited. It never gets old, you know. It never gets old, and we're glad to be back in the postseason.
2: What has been, from a listener's perspective and your perspective, BK, uh, your favorite moment from this uh, stretch of baseball of 17 consecutive wins? september 14th the uh, paul goldschmidt double play that was against the mets saved the uh the game there large new in that series the catch with pete alonzo over the wall tyler o'neill the two run homer on the 2011 reunion day that was september 18th in the eighth inning to come back in that game harrison bader scoring from second on a sack fly against the milwaukee brewers uh, Tyler O'Neill's thirtieth home run that literally left
1: Wrigley Field, and I thought that that one was symbolic of the weekend at Wrigley as well because they were hitting bombs just from start to finish. That was kind of the very beginning what of was it, that. Twelve one. or thirteen they hit in that series. It was historically great what you watched out at Wrigley. So I, I think that one for me is it's not even necessarily an individual moment so much as the weekend as a whole out at Wrigley. Uh,
2: the wild double play, the Saturday <laughs> double play. Um, I think that's probably my favorite, or was it last night? Cardinals clinch the wild card. Those are just some of the highlights that uh, we were thinking about prior to the show and coming up with these great
1: moments down the stretch. My favorite game was probably the 2011 reunion night. I remember you came on the air on Monday afterwards and you said it feels like Cardinals baseball is back. Yeah, like that was the first time since the very beginning of the pandemic where it felt like we were watching a playoff atmosphere at Bush Stadium. The team was playing well. That was in the midst of this streak. You had already been uh, at the beginning of that. That was like midway through at that point and you're feeling good about the team and the Cardinals go out there. They play really well with the 2011 reunion happening. Tyler O'Neill has the moment. It was special in every possible way so if you're looking at one individual day that's probably the one for me if you're looking for a moment though I it's got to be the the double play I mean that encapsulated everything about what's taking place right now it's unbelievable I'm not sure I've ever seen a play like that and it happened defensively which is kind of the the formula that this team's been holding this entire winning streak
2: I want to go back to uh a couple of things that uh has happened with Adam Wainwright. So he extends his active streak, by the way, doing some numbers here. 22 consecutive home starts of five innings or more against the Brewers. And that goes back to 2008. That's a most among any pitcher in Major League history to do that. His 21st quality start of the season, that ties him with... Uh, 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 Grover Pete Alexander. He had 22 in 1927.
1: You know, with a, uh, a name like Grover Pete Alexander, that it was going to be an old
2: stat. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so now he gets his 17th win, and he's the first to get to 17 since Michaelis won 18 in 2018. That was his 10th win, by the way, since the All Star break. That's he's won 10 play games play. since the break. 20th career win against milwaukee is most against any opponent Sixth most all time against the brewers that was his 99th we i mentioned during the game last night he loves pitching at home numbers bear it out 99th win uh at bush stadium three and with five runs scored last night total of six but it got them to 154 that's their most as a team in september since they had 156 in 1951 so, I, I mean, it's just everything has
1: gone right right now for the St. Louis Cardinals. Can I give you something else like to completely not stat related or anything, but watching the the celebration last night, Dan, I know every time we talk to anybody that had anything to do with the 2011 Cardinals, the first thing they will tell you is not about how talented that team was, it was about how tight knit they were and how it had a great group of guys in that clubhouse. Last night had a lot of those same vibes to it. And I know that happens a lot of times when you're celebrating anything because it's a cool moment, right? But the post-game interview that Jim Hayes did with Lars Newtbar and TJ McFarland, they were fired up. Man, that that is special. It's a unique bond that it looks like those two guys have. And they've been together for like a month. Like They just got here and they looked like the best of friends. And it wasn't just that interview. It was all of the guys. But... It seems like there is a unique relationship within that clubhouse right now. And I would imagine there has to be a little bit of a us against the world type of a vibe that was able to take place starting in June and then continuing now throughout this uh, this wild run that they've seen. It, it's a lot of fun to watch on the outside looking in and i have to imagine they're enjoying it on the inside every bit as much as we are lo- watching it from the outside
2: and kind of lost in all this to an extent arenado is 34th home run so that ties scott Rowland uh, in 2004 fernando tatis in 1999 for the most home runs for cardinals third baseman in uh, single season history He's been everything and then some for the Cardinals. Now I know that a lot of the attention during this stretch run has been, and rightfully so, Tyler O'Neill Goldie has been on fire, but Arenado has played a massive role in that, providing protection behind Tyler O'Neill, and then also some of the plays. Don't forget about his play, the over the shoulder over the and running over the tarp uh yeah. in Milwaukee. He had to play against uh, the Cubs the other day, barehanded on a on a, a little dribbler up the third base line. I mean, it's almost like we're taking it for granted now. Six months ago, we would have been taught. Our whole show would have been like man can you believe that play now we just kind of take it for granted yeah. you notice
1: that yeah. it's, oh, it's just sure. amazing yeah early on we were talking about him every day it was a hey look at what nolan Arenado did this time around and now he's hit 34 homers he's going to be the first or he is now the first 100 rbi guys since matt Holliday. it's been a decade basically since we've been waiting for that he's done everything we asked of him and the average isn't where he would want it to be but Man, he's produced. He's produced in a massive, massive way for the Cardinals this season. And I was looking back, Dan. I went back last night after the game because I was just fired up after after watching something like that. And the Cardinals posted a video right around the All-Star break of the first half highlights. And I was reminded of so many moments that I just completely forgot about Nolan Arnato and otherwise. Like, you remember the back-to-back days against the Marlins when this team walked Walk-offs. it off at yeah. Bush Stadium? Those were huge wins. wasn't it in a Goldie home run and then Yachty mm-hmm. against Alcantara. Yep. Yeah. On back-to-back days, the second one, we were out there at Bush Stadium out of Ballpark Village. We watched it from out there. Um, the the catch from Tyler O'Neill against the Dodgers, Dodgers. To, steal, yeah. to seal that one. Uh, it, it's just... Some of the moments from the first half that we forget about because this team was playing really good baseball up until mid-May, late May. And then, of course, the injuries started to settle in. We remember what June was. So it's it's kind of wild, the ride that we've been taking on this year. I didn't even I totally forgot about the Reds thing that happened at the beginning of the year. Both the brawl that ensued and also them sweeping the Cardinals at Bush Stadium as well and how big that was for them at the time. Jesse Winker, three home run day on that Sunday.
2: Um I also – it really caught my attention in the ninth inning last night, and I tried to to capture it if other people were thinking this too, but, man, it wasn't – you know, six months ago, we had limited capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, and the place was rocking last night, man. It was 35,000-plus. Uh, we're going to have a good crowd, I would imagine, tonight, probably roughly the same. Not sure about tomorrow. I, I was un- – my understanding is the crowd's all homestand are going to be really good, but then Friday night – There was like a few thousand tickets remaining and then like under that for Saturday and Sunday. And to think that we began this season wondering, will we have fans? Okay, are we going to have 10%? And then let's hope that we get to 30 by the end of the season. And now we're at this point where fans are coming out and enjoying it. That wasn't lost on me. Because last year sucked in a lot of ways. For all of us outside of sports, sports was secondary. But man, trying to do... um, to watch games and do games and see just empty stadiums. I mean, I I go back to that and I'm like, man, oh man. I mean, this is how far we've come. And it was just a year ago we had that. So that wasn't lost on me to, to see how much has changed and what's happened with the club, the personnel, and most importantly getting the fans back and reminding them why it's fun to come to the ballpark.
1: And by the way, there's tickets on sale right now for the NLDS. If you want yes. to check those out, cardinals.com is where you get them. I got mine yesterday for both game 3 or game 1 and 2. Very excited about that possibility of being out there for those. Um they're as low as 20 bucks. So you can get out there and take your family out there for a potential NLDS game. It'll be a lot of fun. It's it's awesome, Dan. And watching last night as Nolan Arenado was celebrating on the field a playoff appearance in his first year here in St. Louis and him saying this is why I'm here and then hearing the crowd erupt behind him. That's a moment if you're a Cardinals fan and you were watching that whether you were out there at Bush Stadium last night or on television, you were watching Valley Sports Midwest. That's a moment that you're going to remember for the rest of Nolan Arenado's time here in St. Louis this year. If there are only two things that I will remember from him, it's going to be opening day here in St. Louis when he hit the home run against Milwaukee, and then last night both the home run and him saying afterwards, this is why I'm here. Pretty cool.
0: Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. lined into center there-
2: And as I said during the game last night, how did this happen? But it has. They've won 17 in a row. It's been a historic run for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack, Dan McLaughlin, the uh, Danny Mac show on a, what's today, Wednesday? It's I think a Wednesday. So, and okay. it's all running
1: together at it this is. point.
2: A lot of wins are running together. That's been fun. Uh, Mike Petriello is always kind enough to join us on uh, 101 ESPN from MLB.com. And um, Mike, I, th- I think, first of all, good morning. I think the last time we talked to you, we were like, well, what are the Cardinals going to do in the offseason? Um, what happened to this team? And now they've won 17 in a row and they're going to postseason play. What, what's your uh, What's your impression of what you've seen, man? Shock, I guess,
3: awe, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like everybody else i saw I saw Adam Wainwright yesterday joke that Fangrass had given them like a negative four hundred percent odds of making the playoffs like three weeks ago, and he's not far off. Like, who among us could have said, yeah, they're definitely going to win 17 games in a row. That's a reasonable outcome. This is unlike anything I've really seen, I guess, since Cleveland did something similar a couple of years ago, but that team was coming off a World Series appearance in 2017. So this is not a team I expected to do this. And I can only imagine that Cardinals fans are enjoying the ride because it's been a lot of fun to watch.
1: They have been. It's been incredible, Mike. And from your perspective, you're diving into all of the data. What, what is something that's caught your eye about what's changed for the Cardinals in this streak? It's not just 17 in a row. They've also won uh, 19 of their last 20 games. If you go all the way back to the, uh this midway through the Dodger series, what's changed from them?
3: Well, I was looking this up uh, earlier this morning. So if you look at the last 17 games or really since September 10th when you know the last time they lost they have scored the most runs in baseball and they have allowed the fewest runs in baseball unsurprisingly they're obviously playing super well but i was curious about that because i wanted to know like okay how much of this is just good luck and it's a little bit of that you don't win 17 in a row without things going your way i think we saw that last night with the ball that Rafael Garcia didn't do a great job of handling but it is, it's, it's that they are playing well and the changes I've seen. I know there's a lot of talk about O'Neill moving in the batting order, and I think that's part of it. But the one that stands out to me uh, is actually at the back of the bullpen, uh, where Gallegos has been getting a lot more of these like late inning, ninth inning spots with Reyes no longer having that job. And I've always felt that Giovanni Gallegos is one of the most underrated uh, relievers in baseball. Like he's really, Turned the narrative around from like, oh, God, I can't believe we traded away Luke Voit. What are we doing to this is really good. Like he's one of the best relievers in baseball and him, you know, nailing down some of these close games that they've played has been a huge part of this for me.
2: When you look at the lineup too, the the change that they made, putting O'Neill sandwich between Goldie and Arenado, that was big, too. How do you think that plays going forward in postseason play with that trio?
3: Well, I can tell you they're not going to make any changes. (laughs) Yeah, Definitely what it's going to be. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've never been one to overthink batting orders. Like, as long as you have your best five guys in the first five spots, I generally don't care that much about what order they're in. And I remember maybe on this show, I kind of criticized Tommy Edman hitting leadoff early in the season because he just wasn't getting on base that much. And, you know, they took him out and they put him back. And it's really, for me, less about where the guys are hitting and more about the fact that they are hitting. Like Goldschmidt has on some really kind of heater, and if you looked at the underlying stats early in the year, you could see he's crushing all these hard hit outs, and you think to yourself, well, I think he's better than this, and that's really worked out. And then you've got the guys in the outfield who are you know healthy, like O'Neill and Bader, um, have been fantastic, and I had high hopes for them entering the season, but they didn't have sustained track records, and then they obviously got injured, and they both played really well. So I like O'Neill a lot. You know, hitting in the top of the lineup just because I think he is one of their four best hitters, and that's where you got to have him.
1: How do the Cardinals two three four compare to the best of the best right now? Because this was kind of the conversation that we were having, Mike, before the season. Frankly, it's a conversation we've been having in St. Louis since like 2013. How does their middle of the order compare to the other great ones that you've seen across the league?
3: Uh, that's an interesting question because a lot of these teams don't have consistent orders uh, in the sense that you know the uh, the Cardinals. I'm looking at it now since. September 8th, they have had the same top four every single game. You know, why change what's working obviously. So I I look at that top four as pretty competitive, you know, in the sense that if you look at like the giants and the Dodgers, and again, it's moving around. I think the weakness is the back half of the, the lineup. They don't have as much depth as the Dodgers do as the Giants do um, maybe as the Braves because the Braves are missing Acuna Acuna and Azuna of course but um, you look at Goldschmidt and O'Neill and Arenado and it's hard to find a better trio right now in the National League
2: when you look at either the Dodgers or the Giants in a one gamer uh, who do the Cardinals match up best with in your opinion
3: um, I'm not sure it matters that much I mean those are both obviously great teams but I think the difference is the Dodgers and the Giants and you can see it in their record um, they are built for the long season, right? They're both going to win like 104-ish games. And obviously the Cardinals won't come close to that. It comes down to, you know, who do they match up against in just one single game? And I think if I had to pick, I would rather face the Giants than the Dodgers. And that's no disrespect to what San Francisco has done. Obviously, they've been fantastic. But the Dodgers will probably get to throw Max Scherzer or Walker Bueller or Clayton Kershaw, depending on how it works out, or Julio Arias. And the Giants just don't have starting pitching of that caliber. Again, no disrespect to Gosman or Logan Webb or these guys because they've been fantastic. But I would rather face the Giants just because I don't have to, you know, go up against a potential future Hall of Famer uh insurers or Kershaw, or you know a Cy young kind of guy like bueller that's that's a rough thing to do in a one game playoff.
1: Well, let me change the question a little bit for you then mike and i wonder if this changes your answer what if i asked you the best path to the nlcs instead of just getting through the one game setting and the wild card if you had to set up a scenario that's the best case for the cardinals to get through that one game and the nlds how would you rather set that up
3: well, I don't know if there's a right answer because, you know, you face the Dodgers or the Giants in the wild card. And assuming you win that, then you're going to face the Dodgers or the Giants probably in the right. in the NLDS after that. So, you know, you're facing, you have to go through the two best teams in baseball, in my opinion. And I don't want to say any of it's easy. Obviously it's easier in the one game playoff because you can throw Wainwright, who has been obviously fantastic. They, the Cardinals biggest weakness to me is in the second half of the rotation. I don't know who I really trust starting. I know Lester's been good and Haps looked fine. I don't trust those guys going up against, you know, the second, third, fourth starters on either of those two teams. And the way it looks is it's probably going to get the Dodgers in the one-game playoff, right? So if you can go out there and you can, much easier said than done, put some runs on the board against Scherzer or Bueller or whoever they start, then you get the Giants. The Giants are in a little bit of a weakened state if only because Brandon Bell is injured. And certainly wouldn't be back for that series. Not that they don't have the depth behind him, but that that is not the peak Giants team we've seen all year long. But again, that's overthinking it. You got to get past that, that one game playoff, <laughs> and if you're marching into Dodger Stadium against Scherzer and Betts and Siegr and all those guys, I can't imagine Schilt or anybody's thinking much past that.
2: How do you beat Max Scherzer? I mean, honestly, I mean, have you ever seen a, a weakness with this guy? Something that you go okay when I look at the numbers here's something here's a little crack in the armor I I I don't especially since he's gotten to L A he's been remarkable
3: he's been fantastic I will give you one thing that I want to say a weakness of him but something that he can be beaten on is that he uh, is somewhat homer prone you know you look at like Corbin Burns he does not allow homers he could strikeouts. He doesn't walk anybody. He is almost unbeatable. With Scherzer, you can hit a homer off it. You know, he's generally been one of the more homer-prone starters over the last couple of years, and obviously it hasn't hurt him in the sense that he's still phenomenal and might win Cy Young and is going to go to the Hall of Fame. But I don't think you can beat him if you don't put the ball out of the ballpark because otherwise you're not going to string together a rally against him. You know, that just doesn't work that way. But if you can get a good swing against that fastball, get a homer, get two homers, get a run or two on the board. I think that's the only way you can beat a guy like that.
1: We're talking to Mike Petriello of MLB Network and MLB.com. He's joining us here on the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. Mike, when you look at the awards races for this season, the Cardinals, I didn't think we're going to have anybody that was even close to an MVP candidate about two months ago. And now I look at some of the advanced metrics or frankly, just some of the regular metrics that you'd look at. And Paul Goldschmidt and Tyler O'Neill are starting to creep up the leaderboard. How far up do you think they can get before the end of this season in terms of the MVP consideration?
3: I don't think this is going to be an answer anybody's going to like, but, you know, fifth to seventh, maybe. Like, for me in the National League, uh, Harper and Soto are very clearly the one, two, and probably Tatis third. And then you get beyond that, and you start thinking, well, you know, Giants fans are always yelling, why does nobody respect uh, Brandon Crawford? And Braves fans want to know, well, why isn't Austin Riley in the conversation? And then also, you know, Trey Turner, even though he got traded, Has been fantastic the problem here is always there's too many good players (laughs) and not enough spots and a lot of it comes down to a philosophical way of how you look at the awards right if you care about being the guy who pushed your team to the playoffs then you don't think soto or harper should be anywhere near the conversation or tatis i've never looked at it that way you know i think what those guys are doing is incredible and it's not their fault that their teammates are you know, traded in Soto's case or just not performing in Harper's case, I've never really cared about getting to the postseason in terms of winning the MVP. I mean, look at the American League. Shohei Otani is by far going to win the MVP and the Angels are terrible. So the only way you could push the Cardinals guys higher than that, if it really is, well, I got to look at a playoff team. Cause then sure you'd probably push them above them. But for me, if I was filling out a list of 10, Goldschmidt and O'Neal would both be on that list, but probably in like that five, six, seven range. I
2: always find that, and you brought up the point, the philosophical way that you look at an MVP, and I find it it really interesting for those that vote on it. Do you think the majority of of voters vote for the best player on a team that goes on to postseason, or do they say, nope, I'm just going with the best player, it's Juan Soto, and I don't care where the Nationals finish, I don't care where the Angels finish, it's Otani? How how do you think most voters uh, lean towards one way or the other?
3: I think it's changing. I think years ago it was definitely like best player from the playoff team. You know, not always. Andre Dawson won it in 1987.
2: Oh, on we know. We, we we saw it but. here in St. Louis.
3: Yes. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I think it's changing. I think that that's very much along the lines of, a, you know, an old school, new school divide. And as the electorate gets a little younger, I think that's changed a, a little bit. But the trick here, which I think most people don't think about, is when you think about who is voting, for these awards it's the the b b w a right but it's it's two voters from each chapter, so it's not like everybody who is a writer gets to vote it's i don 't want to say randomly selected, but it's not everyone who's eligible like I am eligible as a member of the New York chapter, and I never get a vote because there are so many of us in the New York chapter, so it does come down a little bit to. Who happens to get that vote? Because if I got a vote this year, as compared to someone with a little more of an old school philosophy, I think we would look at these things a little differently. And uh, that's always kind of a a fun little trick to it to see who actually gets the votes.
1: Final question that I've got for Mike Petriello of MLB Network and MLB.com. He's kind enough to join us here on 101 ESPN. Mike, if you were setting up the Cardinals rotation for the playoffs, who do you think you would go with?
3: Well, obviously, Wainwright, number one, that's the easy one. Sure. <laughs> Let's start with that. a yeah, Huge question mark for me, obviously, is what are you getting out of fire? Like You can't expect many innings from him, but can you go out there and trust him uh, for a good two or three innings? Because, you know, I would like to think that you could go out there and say, okay, well, you're our most talented guy, maybe aside from Wainwright right now. What can we get from you? But if you don't trust him, I, I think this is the huge weakness for me. I don't look at ha- Happ and Lester as being meaningfully Um, better than they were on their previous teams. I think the difference is they're pitching in front of a defense that has been unbelievable. Obviously the Cardinals defense is far and away the best in baseball, in my opinion. So if you go out there and you think, well, I can get a couple of good innings out of these guys and then, then turn it over to the bullpen. I think that's maybe the way you have to approach it. Um, But I, that's kind of a long way of saying, I don't know that there is an obvious answer. Woodford, maybe like you probably could pick five different combinations of guys after Wainwright, and maybe match them up, you know, to the exact lineups you're going to see. But I don't know that there is an obvious number two here, and that's kind of the weakness for me.
2: My final question for you, Mike, Uh, playoffs start next week. Who do you like coming out? Who who do you like to be in the World Series?
3: I'm trying my best not to just pick a rematch of last year (laughs) because that's just so boring. But that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. I mean, the Dodgers look great. the starting pitching and everything. And I look at the American League – and the race just they just keep doing it you know and not enough people realize that Wander Franco who is 20 years old he is the guy who's going to be one of the next guys in the conversation with Soto and Tatis and Vlad Jr and Ronald Acuña as like immediately young superstars he's already hitting second in that order and you look at what they do with the pitching staff they just keep coming up with guys like i don't know how many people realize that they called up Shane Boz, who was what The uh, the final remaining guy from that ill-fated Chris Archer trade, right. Pittsburgh, you know, they got Glasnow and Meadows. He looks hmm. unbelievable, you know? Luis Patino, who they got from uh, San Diego for Blake Snell, looks really good. They don't have a traditional rotation, and they're missing Tyler Glasnow, obviously, who's injured and out for the year, but they have just an endless amount of guys that can throw at you. And the hitting has been, I think, surprisingly good to most people, and they added Franco to it. So as much as I respect some of the other teams, obviously like the White Sox have looked really good, I'm kind of saying the Rays and the Dodgers, and I know I'll regret it because it's never a rematch.
2: It's always fun, too. Hey, Mike, thanks, so as always, for hopping on and talking baseball with us. You do such a great job at MLB.com, and we'll catch you up very soon and hopefully during the playoffs.
3: Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the season.
2: You, too. Uh, that's Mike Petriello from MLB.com. How would you vote? Would you vote for the best player, or are you going to vote for the player that maybe was the best on their team that guided them to postseason so i would vote for
1: best player if it's not close i if it's close between the two and i need sure. a tiebreaker then i'll go with the best player on the best team but i i typically like this year otani's on a team that's going to win like 75 games right they stink the angels are no good but he's ridiculous but so he's the I best get player it. in the world in right. the american league this year so there's no reason for me not to choose him he's just so clearly the choice for me in the american league absolutely I'm going with him. The National League is where it gets a little interesting because do you go Fernando Tatis? I know for Mike Petriello, he just said he's got him clearly third in his order. The thing that's interesting to me is the guys that he mentioned otherwise are a player in Juan Soto that's on a 65-win team right now in the Nationals. Well, that's certainly not because he's winning. And then Bryce Harper, who very well may also miss the playoffs. So the Have you three- looked, by the way, at Harper's numbers in the second half? He's tremendous. I mean, it's like all-time
2: yeah. great. And no one's talking about it, at least not from—I I just think the numbers are so good— I can't believe it's not getting more attention to just how good he's been in the second. He's been unbelievable in the second half.
1: Listen, man, you don't have to sell me on Bryce Harper. He's one of my favorite players ever. I love the guy. I've always thought he's like he's strangely underrated by fans because he was such a phenom coming up. And I think there was a little bit of a pushback on that. But anyways, that's beside the point when you've got three guys at the top of your list that none of which are on 90 plus win teams. It's hard for me to look at any of them and be like, hey, because that team made the playoffs because they were lucky enough to play in the NL East, that's the guy that deserves to win. I'm just going with the best player this year. You said 90-win teams. You know the Cardinals are too shy of 90 wins. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to get there. Wow.
2: They have met expectations for this year in the wildest possible way. Yeah. I mean, no one saw this. We kept saying, historically, in the second wild card, you have to get to roughly 88 wins. Mm -hmm and you started doing the numbers and you're like well they're going to have to play 750 baseball. Well they've done it. They're playing 1000 right now. I mean, it's unbelievable what they've done and they're going to have a chance to be 90 to 90, you know, 90 well, I mean, you don't know. I mean, they went out hell yeah 93. 93. Why not? Right. Why not? So at this this point, man, I'm not counting him out. And and Milwaukee, the way I mean, last night was a good indication of what Craig Counsell is going to do with his starters. And the two guys that they brought in were their two best guys that they added in the minor leagues, along with another lefty. You'll probably see him get some time here coming up. So I would imagine that we see Williams and Hayter at some point in this series, win or lose, you know, because they want to get him some work. But with their starters, they're going to go probably four innings, 60, 65 pitches. And then you're in the middle of the bullpen, which has been a problem for them here recently.
1: I'm fascinated to see also like not even just the way that Milwaukee handles the rest of this series, but the way that Mike Schilt handles today in particular. I I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know that there's a right answer to this question. I don't
2: think there is a right answer. But if I was doing it, I'd go pedal to the metal. I'd say we're
1: not stopping. Let's continue to win and play these games out. Weird night last night. You're at the ballpark an extra hour and a half drinking beer and champagne all night long. So it's different, certainly. Um, But if I'm one of those guys, I get it, too. Yeah. If I'm one of those guys, I want to be out there, man. I, I know it was. I think it was Nolan Arnauto or somebody. I don't remember who it was. All of them get jumbled together now. But somebody said after the game, man, I wake up at like 10 a.m. And I just want to get to the ballpark. That's all I want to do right now is just get back because I know we're going to win that day. And the feeling that I have when I'm at the ballpark and we're winning is really excellent. So for me... I think I would go with the same lineup, but that's one of those things that, and Mike show clearly has the pulse of his team. He's had it since June, even though that there were a lot of doubters, including myself at times, he's had the pulse of the team very well. I think what you see will be a decision that is made in large part by the players today. Do you guys want to go out there and keep going for this thing or are you good with taking a day off? Because this might be one of your last days off the rest of the year, right? I mean, it certainly will be one of your last days off the rest of the year. How do you want to approach this thing? And by the way, tomorrow you got a day game, so that could you be another see, opportunity. Yeah,
2: you're going to see some mixing
1: and matching probably. And at some point, you're going to get Sosa back maybe
2: even in this series. Fingers so, Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Coming up, we'll go around the major leagues, and that's next.
0: Can't get enough cards talk. You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac show with BK on one Oh one ESPN.
2: Around the major leagues we go and the giants Brandon belt will miss four weeks. According to their Mm. club, that is a thumb fracture. So you're talking about if, all would go to plan and he was healthy it would be like game one of the world series that he would be back so that is a massive loss for them and a guy that has provided them power in their lineup and uh the giants right now in the uh, national league west they have a two-game lead over the dodgers and san francisco is eight and two in their last 10 they're 103 and 54 and the dodgers 101 and 56 you know what's amazing Waking up this morning, the San Diego Padres are 25 games out. 25 for a team that a lot of people thought would win it. Yeah. That's just shocking to me. Uh, The Mets become an oddity this year they were in first place for over 100 days of their season obviously they're not going to make the playoffs they're not even going to make the wild card but some good news for them Noah Syndergaard makes his first start from Tommy John against the Marlins when an inning had a couple of strikeouts now with the win last night that means others are eliminated that includes Cincinnati
1: and it's gone final Narvaez lined out the Cardinals win Man, the 2021 Cincinnati Reds have been officially eliminated from
0: the wildcard chase and postseason contention.
1: Sucks, man. Feel bad for you, Reds. You remember? You remember earlier this year, Joey Votto, after the four-game sweep in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. Was like, "We're some talk, tra- trash-talking mother bleepers on this team." I feel so bad that they are now eliminated from playoff contention. Castellanos
2: standing over Woodford.
1: I like that guy, though. I did, too. Him saying afterwards, or Molina could punch me in the face, and I'd still ask that guy for an autograph. He won me over with that quote. I was in.
2: National League East. Now, this is still a very tight race, but a little separation because of what happened last night in Atlanta. Solaire, the key man.
0: Line drive. It's in for a hit. One run scores. Here comes Dave score so makes it two to nothing. New guy same results.
2: Great chip carry with the call. New guy, I mean they changed their outfield and that team hits for power and a lot of it so Solaire had the single that brought into and the Braves lead the Phillies with five to go by three and a half games and there's two
1: head-to-head with those two teams Jorge Solaire has been batting leadoff for them Jorge Solaire in his career is like a 230 hitter it is not your prototypical setup to a lineup it kind of reminds me a little bit of when Schwarber was the leadoff hitter for the Cubs a few years ago Uh, this is them trying to get a spark it's the punch in the mouth that Mike Schilt has talked so much about and it's gone really well he's been super productive at the top of their order it's been interesting to watch Dan and right now I don't think that the Phillies are going to be able to catch the Braves I I like the Braves to be able to win that division
2: so we were talking about the National League West and the Giants what did they do last night
0: Crawford breaks his back. Scores he came in to run for La Stella, and the Giants lead four to one and Crawford who was three for four a lifetime against Maniply. Onage is ownage.
2: So they uh, beat the diamondbacks six to four. And what about the Dodgers?
0: And this ball to by left center. second with a run scoring double is trey turner one nothing dodgers
2: so both teams win that means with five to go the giants lead the dodgers by two in the national league west and we'll be keeping a close eye on that because the second place finisher in that uh, division will face the cardinals in a winner take all next wednesday it's wednesday by the way the national league wild card game
1: i can't wait dan this is It'll be fun This has been so much fun to watch. The only thing that I hate is that they've got so much time between their final game and the Wednesday wilds card game. I wish they could go from Sunday into like one day off. That'd be great. And then Tuesday go into the wilds card. That'd be nice. But playing on Wednesday, this team doesn't want to stop playing right now.
2: Well, that's what a lot of teams that have already wrapped it up. They're saying the same thing and it happens every year. So I yeah does it happen sometimes yeah we've seen it in St. Louis with 06 when Detroit had their time off and clearly came back as a team that just wasn't ready they weren't sharp in that series and the Cardinals took advantage but uh like you, I'll be fascinated to see what Mike Schilt does with his lineup tonight, tomorrow, and then going into the series with the Cubs. It's going to be fun. You have uh, three more hours coming up with
1: Alex. What do you have? We do. It's going to be a very different kind of show today. We have no rundown set up other than a couple of guests. We've got Keith Costis joining the show of MLB Network coming up at 1230. We've got Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, coming up at 30. Otherwise, it's going to be exclusively Cardinals. It's going to be exclusively reacting to both last night and the season as a whole. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line to get involved in the show we also have the rhino shield mic drop feature on the 101 espn app we want to hear from you guys throughout the day today because this is a special day to be a cardinals fan john Mozalock said last night this is a special one one that he's never going to forget and for very good reason so we've got a lot coming up and tanner hendrickson put together a fantastic open so be sure to stay tuned for that coming up here in just a few minutes
2: all right looking forward to that and we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 espn